Chuckin' It From The Cheap Seats is the newest podcast covering Indiana high school basketball. Head coach Josh Thompson interviews some of the most impactful people who make Hoosier hysteria great. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Subscribe to Chuckin' It From The Cheap Seats wherever you listen to your podcasts. Chuckin' It From The Cheap Seats is brought to you by Shootaway. Offering products like 12K series guns proven by time and again by the nation's top school and college coaches slash programs. For special pricing discounts, contact Bruce Helt at 317-767-5543 or go to shootaway.com. Chucking it from the cheap seats is also brought to you by BSN Sports and Jeff Neal, their sales rep. Shop BSN Sports for a large selection of sports apparel and footwear, custom and stock Nike team uniforms, and sports equipment for your next winning season. Contact Jeff Neal at 812-204-3808 or visit bsnsports.com. For over 32 years, D1 Basketball has offered elite basketball camps and top-tier player development programs. Team camps, individual skills camps, shooting camps, we improve performance, period. Few Indiana basketball camps impact performance like D1 Basketball. Since 1989, annual enrollment in D1 basketball has grown from 80 to 3,500 players, making it one of the largest independent basketball organizations in the Midwest. The mission of D1 basketball is to help coaches and players maximize their performance. D1 basketball facts. D1 basketball camps are exclusively endorsed by the Indiana Basketball Coaches Association. D1 team camps has hosted more sectional championship teams Final Four teams, and Indiana All-Stars than any other camp, shootout, or summer tournament. D1 team camps provide the best chance for a school's coach to work with all their teams against top-flight competition from throughout the Midwest. Welcome to this week's Chugging It from the Cheap Seats with Coach Josh Thompson, produced by the Bari Media Class. This week we are joined by Coach Joey Hart, the head coach of the Linton Stockton Miners. Coach Hart has enjoyed a career uh, that has spanned over 25 years as an assistant and a head coach. He's been the head coach at Shackamack, Turkey Run, and then now Linton Stockton. Coach has won seven sectional championships. He has won three regional titles, two semi-states, and made two appearances in the state finals. His teams have won multiple Greene County Invitational Championships as well. Coach is going to talk to us today about playing for his dad, coaching his son, building a program at a traditional football school, how he manages a business and runs a high school basketball program. This was a great podcast. I could have talked to Joey for six hours. We could have made... Five, six more podcasts. Hope you enjoy checking it from the cheap seats. Okay, welcome to this week's edition of Chucking It from the Cheap Seats. And we are honored to have as our special guest on the phone, not in the studio, the head man of the Linton Miners, Coach Joey Hart. Coach, how you doing this morning? Really good, thanks. Well, Coach, we appreciate you hopping on here uh, with us. Um, 
doing this project with the media class. And uh, as I told you before we went on the air, um, it's been a labor of love. There's There's been some growing pains just like anything else, but uh, we're making our way through, and we appreciate you making time for us this morning. Um, a lot of people in southwestern Indiana know who Joey Hart is. Um, people throughout the state know that you're the head guy there at Linton. You've done a fantastic job there. But if you could tell the listeners, give them the two-minute Joey Hart bio, we'd really appreciate it this morning. Okay, two minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, elementary school, Bloomfield, uh, transferred to Union Duggar with my dad in junior high and high school, played there, uh, went on and played at Vincennes University for Dan Sparks, went to Coastal Carolina, played two years for Russ Bergman in 93-94, got started in coaching with my dad the next year at Union Duggar, on to Evansville North for one year, then the head coach at Jack Mack for six years, two years at Vincennes University under Dan Sparks, Six years of Turkey Run, uh, as Joey was born, and uh, Brooke and my wife uh, moved there. Then while at Turkey Run, uh, Riley Hart came along. Uh, Toby and Jack Hart came along at the end of Turkey Run, and Brooke made a very good decision and moved us to Linton. So ever since we've been at Linton, it was it was basically her not me i was pretty comfortable at turkey run uh, but it's it's been awesome yeah you you've been a lot of different places you've had a lot of success you've won 372 games you know before we get into the nuts and bolts of it you look back did you ever think i know you i know you really wanted to be a basketball coach or else you wouldn't have stayed in it this long but did you ever think when you started at shackamack in your first job that you would be here 17, 18 years later, well, actually 24 years later, and be sitting here with 372 wins, trips to the state finals, winning multiple Green County Invitationals. Did, did you think that was going to happen for you? No, not at all. Not at all. Never never even coached to be in the state finals. Uh, never, never thought of it, dreamt of it. And, you know, it was probably two weeks after the – 13 2013 state final you know it kind of hits you that man we didn't win yeah and at that point then you know it's the reality you want to get back there and you know you got to be really lucky you got to be really good we've uh we've, you know with the green county invitational we've dominated it as of late and same thing i mean we've had some tight games and you know some really close ones that we beat out but uh We've also had great, great players. I, I never thought that I'd coach the talent we've coached. And, uh, you know, that ma- that makes a lot of things possible. Coach, in that last part there, you talked about, you know, your dad. And, and then, obviously, we're going to get into coaching your son here in just a little bit. But, but just tell people how special that probably was for you growing up and playing for your dad there at Duggar. You know, uh it, it was great and for, you know, uh, for all my dad's uh, goofiness and quirkiness, he was a great dad coach and mm-hmm. that he didn't, he didn't bring it home. He didn't, he didn't even want to talk about it after we left the gym. I, mm-hmm. I was, you know, looking back when we had problems it was because I wouldn't let things go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
you know, he, you know, he was, he was really, he was really good to play for. And it obviously, as I got better, it got easier for him. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I, I remember talking to Kevin Oxley and asking him that question um, several years back. And obviously his son Craig is now the head coach down there at Tecumseh. Uh, but, but Kevin said they had a box in the living room where he had a little desk set up and he would watch film and he would uh, prepare for practice and different things like that. And he said they never talked basketball at home unless Craig came into that box. And he said it was funny that over the years Craig came into that box less and less. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, it sounds like to me and from the outside looking in, I know, I know I was in upper elementary school when you were playing for your dad, but it just seemed like that worked out really well. Um, and then, you know, being there at school and obviously your dad being a teacher in the building that had to make things a little different as well. It did for sure. Um, I took one class, pass fail, Union Duggar, and it was my dad because he, you know, I, I knew that. I had no artistic ability, and he was going to try to, you know, give me a C just to remind me that I didn't have artistic ability. So I think that passed fail. Just, but, just, uh, just to remind you who was in charge, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, back, uh, you know, back then, you know, you still got paddled. I got paddled by one teacher, Dean mm-hmm. Duggar, Joe Hart. You know, so uh, he, he made all of his little points, um, but. I, I probably earned them all. Now, I, I've got to ask you, at what, what grade were you in when you got paddled at Duggar by Coach Joe Hart? Uh, freshman. Freshman. Okay. Yeah. So, you need, yeah. needed to be reminded real quick, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, uh, my best friend was uh, teasing me, mouthing off to me in Art 5, <laughs> Eric Walters. And, uh, I acted like I was going to stab him with a pencil. Yeah. And he uh, he moved towards me as I acted like he was gonna I was gonna stab him, and next thing you know, my pencil lead was in his cheek. So you you were innocent. You were innocent. It yeah, was all, it was, was all him. It go. was an accident, accidental stabbing. <laughs> accidental stabbing. And you know what? A lot of people don't know about that is Joe Hart got in trouble. Really? With Phyllis Walters for punishing. Him. Oh, really? Yeah. Was that Eric's mom was not happy that I got punished. That, because uh, that is great. She, she basically helped raise me over there because I was over there a lot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously a whole different world we have with parents today. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen to that. Yeah. Especially you look at some of that stuff going on with Libby Futures at Terre Haute South, yeah. which is absolutely crazy right, right now. But, you know, I, I played some golf with your dad before, and I've always enjoyed that over at Phil Harris. But I, that story of him paddling you has never come up on the golf course. So uh, I'm glad no. you shared that with everybody. Yeah, that's a rare one. <laughs> okay, so, Joey, you played for your dad. you got a lot of really good memories of that. And now you're coaching your son, uh, who is a really good player. And, you know, I got to see him up close this summer. We, we played you guys. And I just – I really think that Joey's starting to come into his own – but what's that like coaching your son? You know, uh, as a dad, it's a lot of fun because you get to see him improve and you get to see him make the jumps. And, you know, one of the things that's been really neat for Joey and, you know, at his age, he can't appreciate it yet, is, you know, he he can take a drill or a move and 
work on it for a week because it's his. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had other kids, including some of my own, that we do the same thing and it just doesn't happen that fast. Yeah. You know, so he doesn't really appreciate that, but to see that, see that happen and see those jumps, that's really neat. Uh, for him to get to meet some of the people he's met and do some of the things he's done and have those opportunities, that's really neat. Well, now as a coach, it's not near fun because, you know, you know, it, it's a team game mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, he, he still has a lot of things to get better at. So has a lot of things to work on. It's a process. He, he has became, he was never uncoachable, but he's became more and more coachable. So that is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he wants, he wants to do the work, you know, and, and again, it's a lot easier to want to do the work when you see the, see the results fairly quick. Absolutely. You know, he's, uh, I just think it's been neat to watch him as an opposing coach and, and watch his progression and just kind of seeing him come into the player that he's become. And, and like I said, I, I think this year he's going to have a tremendous season, a breakout season for you guys. And I think you guys are going to have a great year. Um, and he's starting to get some big time looks. If you if you don't care, just kind of quickly share some of the places that you guys are going to go on visits that you've been, places that Joey is thinking about pretty seriously at this point. Yeah, he he has taken unofficial visits to Purdue, Northwestern, Indiana State, Belmont, University of Central Florida, Indiana. And I know that he still intends to go to Drake. I know that he still intends to go to Loyola. Mm-hmm. And we just haven't scheduled those yet. We'll actually go back to Northwestern this weekend. Yeah. Um, as far as official visits, I know I know that he intends to take official visits to Northwestern and Central Florida. And, you know, they get three more. So That's awesome. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it is. It's, it's been really neat. Uh, and he he's kept pretty good perspective on it. It's, you know, it's interest. It's interesting that you know we've never had open gyms where, and you know, you're you're probably obviously more used to this uh, with the teams that you had last year and the previous years. But uh, you know, we've never had open gyms where we have you know community people and. Uh-huh. Uh, Coach, college coaches at open gym. Yeah. You know, just, um, so, you know, that, that stuff's kind of neat, but, mm-hmm. you know, that stuff also doesn't win games. No. You know, so, uh, I, as a coach, you're always trying to eliminate distractions, and we want to get as much as we can done now and over with because, you know, we, we, we don't want the future to be a distraction from the present. Amen to that. Uh, well, yeah. and, and the thing that has been interesting is, is obviously your team was way different when Joey was a freshman and when he was a sophomore last year. And so I've had people ask me, like, you know, when, when Joey put out there that he was on the unofficial to Purdue and to Northwestern, and I had, had – you always have doubters. It doesn't matter if you're a coach. If you're Joey Hart and you won 372 games, you've got doubters. It doesn't matter if you're a player in the junior high or the high school. It's a really good player. People always kind of doubt your abilities. And I had people ask me, they're like – is is Joey really that good? And I said, you're you're going to be amazed at the things you see him do over the next couple of years. And I think the thing that, that sticks out the most to me is like when you guys played here in, in the summer shootout 
and you watch Joey go through the layup line, you look at the kid and, and you say, man, he's athletic. But, man, when when the ball goes up, it's like there's an extra bounce to his step. And and I think, without a doubt, he's going to be able to play at a big-time Division One level. Um, well, he, he's going to have a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and all those things are about fit. And I, you know, yeah. obviously I appreciate the compliments. But as far as the doubters go, you're absolutely right. I mean, and it's well-deserved mm-hmm. because – you know, uh, you know he he played with some absolutely great players on on great teams, mm-hmm. and you know you got you got to share the sugar a little bit, and you you know you, you got to pay your dues, and you know he played he played with the top twenty five score all time, mm-hmm. and you know and you know in Lincoln uh, Hale that's not an accident when you're top twenty five score all time. I mean Lincoln can flat out score it. He was efficient. He got to the free throw line, you know, uh, and, and Joey, you know, Joey ha- has to learn some of those things still as far as getting to the free throw line. And he works at it. And, you know, uh, again, they're, they're close, you know, they're only a couple of years apart, but I think as, as time goes on, he'll say he learned a lot from Lincoln Hale as far as, and Lincoln's hunger to a hunger and approaching the game was, you know, has already rubbed off on Joey. Joey really likes it. He really works at it. But, you know, as far as the doubters go, I mean, it was a little overwhelming to Brooke and I. Yeah. But but the thing Joey does do is he scores college basket. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's people say, what do you mean? I mean, well, you know, there's there are people who score high school baskets and there are people who score college baskets. Mm-hmm. And I've had some great high school players here. Uh, and we have some great high school players here now, and sometimes they'll score more efficiently than Joey, but Joey can, Joey can get his shot off at 25 feet with a release point at about 10 foot high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, so, um, but you talk about, like, when we start flying the extra bounce, you know, that's one thing that we, we noticed in AAU is we played the higher level competition. We were playing the best teams on the Under Armour circuit, he was he was able to go to a different place and continually meet those challenges. And I mean, he was better against better teams. Yeah. And, and you know, and, you know that, that gave him a ton of confidence. And I think that's one of the reasons he's been recruited the way he's been recruited. You know, Coach, you talked about the ability to get to the free throw line. And I think that's something that a lot of times younger kids miss out on. And it's not so much – you know, being greedy to try to score a bunch of points and be a big-time scorer, but the ability that that getting to the free-throw line, you know, helps your team. And um, I, I think that's something that I think as dads, you know, work with their sons uh, and develop skills and get in the gym. Um, you know, Kwame James is a good friend of mine, and he's got Amari up this weekend. Um, and, and, you know, Amari's being um, touted as one of these top kids in the country. And so they came up from Atlanta, and they're doing some stuff at Indianapolis this weekend. So they stopped in here to visit with us. And he's working Amari out last night in the gym. And he's spending time at the free throw line in between each drill. And he Mm -hmm. was talking to Amari about that, about getting into contact and being able to finish and then being able to score it at the free throw line. And I think that's something that I think maybe sometimes dads miss out on. So uh, that's something if, if dads are listening to this podcast, they need to be thinking about. Uh, working on that skill as well. 
Yeah, Joey. but you know, it's been huge for us uh, in our program. We've had three guys, you know, started Jeff, Jeff Fugis, Josh Deball, and then Lincoln kind of took it to the next level. Lincoln made a huge jump from a sophomore year to a junior year, becoming an elite scorer mm-hmm. because Lincoln, you know, when we were, especially when you're not, when it's not going your way. Yeah. When it's not going your way on the road or your team's struggling. Lincoln had the ability to stop a lot of other teams' runs mm-hmm. just getting to the free throw line. Well, and, you know, I've always been a, a huge fan of Rick Hudson, uh, obviously Coach Hudson there with the Green County Sports Network. He was my junior high basketball coach. And I can remember in junior high, one of the things that I always, you know, thought so highly of Coach Hudson about was how he simplified the game. And he always talked about how early, as a as one of the better players on the team, you needed to get off to a good start, and one of the best ways to get off to a good start was to get a basket or two around the around the rim, and or get to the free throw line early in the game, and and just kind of getting that flow. And I think sometimes the game is so simple that we end up making it difficult. And and so, like you talk about being a, a key to the game, finishing at the rim, and uh, making college shots. Obviously, that's for players at the higher level like Joey's at. But getting to the free throw line is a simple thing. Coach, moving on from coaching your son, you talked about some of the the better players that you've coached over the years there at Linton and and other places. Uh, Talk talk about some of those guys, um, and then also talk about some of these kids like Braden Walters that that you have with Joey this year on this team. Right. Well, I mean, the best part, the best player I ever coached, or had a part of was Carl Landry, who was Vincent and then Purdue. Mm-hmm. And he was one I made the statement about Joey can make a, a move his that you teach him in about a week or two. Well, Carl could do that within the day. Mm-hmm. He had the best feet and the best butt, you know, of just putting people away of any person I'd ever seen. Yeah. Um, and then as far as in high school, until I got to Linton, it's like I'm, I almost have to say pre Linton. Uh, Scott French was unbelievable. Uh, yeah. He's an unbelievable athlete, an unbelievable competitor. And he had, I mean, he, he just played basketball for fun. Mm-hmm. And when we had him, you know, you played against him. Mm-hmm. We went 9-0 and on the road when mm-hmm. he was a senior. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you know, he really kind of kick-started my coaching career with, win, you know, winning at Lagodi and, you know, some of those places. And, mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, the year before, I – Old Valley beat us 40 at Shackamack, and then with Scott, you know, we beat him at Old Valley the next year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, since I've been at Linton, you know, we'd start with Death and Austin. Uh, you know, they they were just unbelievable. You know, I had two, I had two guys, you know, 6'5 and above that averaged over 20 a game. Yeah. You know, they, they averaged – in fact, Death scored two more points than Austin. They were almost identical. They, they, you know yeah. – uh, those they guys, them. those guys were really fun to watch. They weren't fun to coach yeah. against, but they were fun to watch. Right, and you know, they they did that, you know, without a point, without a true point guard their senior year because they lost their point guard in game five. Mm-hmm. Um, and we made the decision that we were going to basically play without a point guard. We were just going to put the best teammates they had out there, mm-hmm. and it worked out because we kind of figured Death was going to turn it over some anyway, so we might as well give them the ball more. <laughs> Let, let him have those turnovers because some people can turn it over and fall apart. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, Neff, 
Dustin Austin were both unbelievable. I think they're two of the best players in school history. Um, that you know, but that as far as death goes, I don't think he'll ever get the credit he deserves in this area. Mm-hmm. Just you know, just because he was such a personality. Mm-hmm. You know, people sometimes that detracted from just how good he was. He's unbelievable, and so Austin's as good a kid and as good a teammate as you know I'd ever been around. Uh, after that, the both D balls, uh, totally different players, but you know the one had 420 assists in a season or a career, which I mean, I mean you you know about a guy getting a lot of assists and Bryson, but yeah. you know 420 assists, a lot of assists. Um, Josh D ball couldn't couldn't go left because he never had to go left. Mm-hmm. I never I've never been around anybody like that. Uh, you know, he just. He got to his right hand, got to his right hand, and he he was able to play. He played downhill his whole career. I'd never really been around a kid that could always just get downhill. Uh, obviously, Lincoln and Kip, or Lincoln and Kip, and kind of the next wave. Uh, Lincoln's, you know, the best scorer we've ever had, and you know, just tremendously driven kid. And you know, Kip scored over a thousand points again, somewhat like Scott French. As a secondary thing, just playing for fun, but you know, Kip Kip was unbelievable. Again, we'd never had anybody ever score like Lincoln, and and you know, Lincoln of all those kids, Lincoln had a a killer instinct that you know, and I think Kip had that too. Mm-hmm. But uh, Dustin Austin, it was when we started winning with them, it was so new, it was more of a joyride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I mean, but uh, you know. Lincoln, probably some things were easier for those guys in the latter part of it because of what Dustin Austin did. But, I mean, as you know, at Bar Reed, there's expectations and tradition now and pressure. And Lincoln, and Lincoln and Kip did it with all eyes on them. And, you know, everyone expected us to win. And it, it, was, it, was, not, it was not always easy, but they found a way. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they definitely did. Now, one other thing I would I mean, without going in through a ton of names and wearing everybody out, but. One of the other things we've had here is, like, tremendous teammates. I mean, uh, and some, sometimes it was our secondary sport, but, you know, your, your Bryant Jacksons, your, your Zach Rydells, your Keith Folks, your, you know, your Kendall Williams, your Tyler Mears, guys played for fun, mm-hmm. and then guys like Evan Slope and, the, you know, the Robbins brothers, guys that just tremendous buy-in, tremendous effort. And, you know, they, they they gave everything they had to the program. And that went across the chest meant something to them. Coach, I love so. I love how you point out those guys like the Robbins brothers and, and those kids because you don't win without those guys. You know, we, no. we had a really good team last year and we had some really good players. And, and people know Bryson and they know Kurt and they know Hagen. We have Hagen back this year. But. You know, you don't win without guys like Tyson Nepp and Jamison Miller and Tommy Kidwell coming in off the bench. And the other part is you don't win game night without those guys, but you don't win no. you don't win uh, games on the weekend and in the tournament without those guys buy-in and their dedication and being great teammates throughout the week in practice. Because if I'm only playing eight minutes a game and I've got a certain role, if I don't buy into that, you can be a cancer on the team. And you've right. had a lot of guys, like you said, over the years at Linton that 
when you just think about Linton basketball now, you, you think those are prototypical guys. That, right. that, that kind of leads me into my next question, Joey. You know, when you took the Linton job, you talk about how your that was your wife's decision, um, which is a little bit like my situation. And coming to Bar Eve, it was, it was a little bit of involvement from my wife and a little bit of involvement from my daughter. But when you decided to go back to Greene County and coach at Linton, you took over a program that when people talked about Linton Stockton, the very first thing that came to mind was football. And football is still a big thing at Linton. But you've been able to kind of have a marriage with that program. Explain to that, that to people because I know that's one of the big questions I get from people uh, like Jonathan Bowles, who's one of my assistants that's now the head coach at Springs Valley. And he's like, hey, how, how did you do this, you know, with football? So how'd you do it? Well, uh, you know, it goes back to Steve Weber. Uh, you know, I reached out to him before before I interviewed for the job. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I talked, you know, I talked to him about his strength and conditioning program. You know, we, we were, we were kind of uh, on the same page just immediately. You know, some, some people clicks with and some people don't. And he said something to me, you know, uh, you know, he was, he, not personally, but the football program was tired of being blamed for, you know, the basketball program not winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at a higher clip, and uh, you know that kind of resonated with me. That, you know, he does want to see us do well. Yeah. And you know, and, and we've shared athletes, and we've worked things out, and you know, we're we're also realistic with the kids. Like, you know, there are basketball kids that play football. There are football kids that play basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know, they're not they're not the same kid. Yeah. It's, you know, some some kids want to get to the gym as soon as football practice is over. Some other kids can uh, play football and, you know, you not see them for two or three weeks, but then they, in a few days they can get back in on the gun and, and they're fine. Mm-hmm. You know? But, uh, you know, I give, I give Coach Weber and Coach Oliver way more of the credit than I take because, I mean, their sport starts first. Uh, but, you know, Luton obviously um, – you know, with football school we got here, and you know, between our baseball teams, our girls, I mean, you know, we've just been good at a lot. Yeah. And you know, our football teams, I think, on the verge of making a really nice run again this year. Coach, one of the things that that you've done, obviously, you've been in education, um, and, and you've been a classroom teacher. You've been an AD. And now you have moved over into the business world. And so I know that there are more and more head coaches now that are having to do that. How do you manage all that? Uh, you know, I, I, I do multitask a lot. I, I'm i going a lot of different directions. Uh, my wife will say that, you know, I, I don't ever listen to what she says. I'm, you know, mentally somewhere else. There may or may not be some truth to that, but I, do always, <laughs> I have a lot. Of, I have a lot of things going on, but that's good. For, I mean, I have a busy mind anyway. Mm-hmm. I think it's made me a much better coach because pre-COVID, I traveled every week. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, and so you ha- you have to maximize your time and stuff. But you also have a lot of uh, windshield time to think. Yeah, 
think about different situations and stuff. And, you know, as you get older, you don't react near as emotionally as you hopefully do thoughtfully and analytically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, ha- having that time on the road with my, with my, what I would call obviously my real job. Yeah. Uh, you know, I do, I do the field sales, you know, feed my family and it's a great job because very motivated, you know, it's pretty clear cut what you're doing and mm-hmm. uh, it's competitive, but you know, having that time just to think, you know, and get away, I think it has really helped my coaching career. You know, whenever I was a coach at Wood Memorial, Jamie and I, we were living in Lagodi and I was driving back and forth and obviously I-69 made that possible to be able to do that. Um, and it would be about a 45, 50 minute drive. And of course it really stuck in at night because, you know, I was coming from the central time zone back into the Eastern time zone. There'd be, there'd be nights during the season where I wouldn't get home till eight 30, sometimes a little bit later, depending on how practice went or if I stuck around for junior high games that night. Um, but you, you talked about that windshield time and I absolutely love the fact that I live two minutes from school because I'm like you, I'm multitasking and, and I'll forget something at home and I got to run, run home on my prep period. I go home and eat lunch with my wife every day. Um, and so that's nice, but man, that windshield time and, and being able to just think and make calls to other coaches and talk to them about, you know, a team that you're going to play coming down the road or talk to them about something that you want to do over the summer, that's invaluable. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I would talk to younger coaches about um, is, you know, maximizing your time and, and you know, don't, don't think of things like you're talking about as a disadvantage, try to figure out how you can use it to your advantage and, and, and get better from it. Right. Well, de- definitely. And, you know, I, very similar to you. I, you know, I live about six blocks from the school here at Linton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I forget, you know, I lose my keys probably less than, you know, six or seven times a week. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, with four, with four kids and, in about five different sports, we're always doing something. So, yeah, um, it, it's, you know, I like being that close, but I also, like I said, I, I like being able to get away uh, and, you know, really have time to think about the team without, again, without being, you know, just reactionary and emotional. Yeah. Again, I think, it, I think it's, I think it's made me a better coach for sure. Uh, you know, I hope, uh, hope it continues to be that way i know it seems like uh coaching for everyone is getting more and more difficult these days yeah it is it is for sure coach talking about you know linton um and you know what you've done they're meshing things with the football program another thing that i've kind of seen you do that i i think was probably different from linton before is your development of the feeder program and i know that you have a vested interest because not just because you're the head coach, but also because you've got boys that are in upper elementary right now. But to coaches that are listening out there, whether they're veteran coaches or young coaches, what do you think is the most important thing that you've got to focus on with your feeder program? Well, man, I, I hate to uh, sound like a negative Nancy, but the first thing you got to do is get people that aren't going to run kids off. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, you know, I'm a math guy. And for me, it's a numbers game. And mm-hmm. 
you know, you, you get coaches, you get people with individual agendas, or you get people that, you know, they, they want to make sure their kid gets to play, so they run six kids off. And it's just, you know, that only has to happen about once or twice, then you're really behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, we copied a lot of what was going on with the, uh, with the youth football, and then, you know, the fifth and sixth grade, we do some intramurals and try to keep over, you know, 25 kids in the program with intramurals and mm-hmm. then we play a few games but the school games aren't really emphasized uh, you know the people that really want to go out and play travel and stuff they're going to yeah but you know again we talked about those kids that are good teammates and multi-sport kids well how are we gonna how are we gonna keep those kids interested without you know without making you know playing basketball seven days a week the end all be all because it's not Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so how are we gonna give them something they look forward to going to? So we try to make it fun, and then once we get them there and keep them involved, then you know, it kind of goes back to some of Cliff Hawkins's uh, speeches and clinics that I've watched. And you know, I want everybody to shoot, pass, and dribble. Mm-hmm. But that's the you know that's the way the game is going today. Anyway, I mean, you had a true big last year. Yeah, but he can shoot outside. I mean, yeah, even even Kurt as dominant dominant mm-hmm. as he was inside, obviously now that he's Bellerman, the fact that he can step out and shoot the ball that's big. Absolutely, you know, I mean, you know, so everybody's got to be able to shoot, pass, and dribble because, again, as you know, when you got to throw it inside, all when when you have to manufacture touches, that's really hard. It can get really tough. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well. um, you know, Coach, one of the things that you're known for, and when people think about preparing to play Linton Stockton, they've always got to think about playing the 1-3-1. But what is your favorite thing to coach that's not the 1-3-1 defense? Yeah, because, I mean, to be perfectly candid, you know, the 1-3-1 is not mine. Mm-hmm. And the 1-3-1 is my dad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he would like to play the 1-3-1 during pregame warm <laughs> And we, you know, we we go we go long periods without playing at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to play man. You know, I, I love I love for us to be long enough and versatile enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, play switching man. You mm-hmm. know, and if, if I had five Braden Walters, that'd be easy. You know, we were talking about Braden. You mentioned Braden earlier, but you know, Braden Braden can guard one through five. Yeah. You know, and, he, and you know he's. Um, his best basketball is way ahead of him. Mm-hmm. You know, considered by most people a top five or ten kid in you know in the twenty twenty four class. So yeah. I mean, uh, you know, he he's got he's got you know all kinds of upside. Logan Webb back for he's another kid that can switch everything up. I, I like to be able to play switching man if possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of times you can't. You know, based on your personnel, but um, you know. Todd, Todd Wolfley, who, you know, is a great coaching friend of mine, mm-hmm. you know, he, uh, he reminds me all the time, you know, you got to be able to play man. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to play man, and you do. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, 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 as you've made runs in the tournament and stuff, you see that you got to be able to play man, you got to be able to play, you got to be versatile, and then you got to be able to run stuff where you just make basketball play. Teams aren't going to let you just pick your path. Uh, you know, we try to teach kids how to play offense, and we try to get them where defensively that we can 
whether it's full man, half man, switching man, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, with different rules for different, you know, different personnel on the other team. So like they'll make those adjustments. You know, what I had um, Matt Moore, coach at Warsaw, on uh, a couple weeks ago on the podcast, and we, we were talking about this very thing, and he was telling me about a coach up there in their area that is notorious for playing different zone defenses throughout the season. But he said that coach only plays man during the summer. And right. he, he told Matt, he said, because our guys got to figure out to guard how to guard somebody at some point. And that's like you guys. You know, I, I've seen your teams play different zones. I've seen you play some matchup zones. And obviously you got the one-three-one in your back pocket. Um, but I don't know that I've really seen you do those things in the summertime. And I think that just goes back to your emphasis there. Of you got to figure out how to guard somebody. Well, yeah, we do. And, you know, we play – we played basically all man to man this summer. Uh, and it was good for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I felt like you know the all of them improved defensively. You know, it's hard to say. You know, it's hard to say. Braden, Braden has been great defensively from the time we got him. We tried to get him to work a little smarter defensively. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like and basically, and I shouldn't say smarter, but more efficiently. I mean, he's so good on the ball. That I, you know, finally had to explain to him, like, you know, you don't have to let him catch. You know, you you don't have to go mono a mono with this guy all the time. Sooner or later, you're going to be in foul trouble. So, you know, he he kind of made that step, and then the other guys, I felt like, just got better, you know, fundamentally defensively, and with with Joey and Braden and Lincoln Franklin, and you know, uh, Logan Webb Link. That's thing. We're not big, but we're long. You are you are long and and you're strong and that's something that you talked about earlier that you put a emphasis on with your your basketball guys was getting in there in the weight room and um, you know, that's that's the thing you know you you play your guys you you better be ready physically because if you're not you're going to get pushed around and I don't think there's anything wrong with that basketball is a physical game it's a contact game and if you're going to play your team you better be ready to man up coach well that's go ahead. I, I don't think we have a guy. I don't think we have a guy in our probably in our rotation that bench has, and I know bench press doesn't mean everything, but yeah, that bench hasn't went up at least twenty five pounds. Mm-hmm. But like Drew Smith, uh, we were talking about great teammates. He's as good a teammate as you know as we've ever had, mm-hmm. and you know he'll he'll be one of our senior leaders. And he's one of those guys that lives in the weight room, will run through a wall for you, super coachable. Yeah. Uh, and you know he kind he kind of embodies what we want out of Linton basketball. Yep. Well, and and those guys are are definitely great to have around. Coach, I'm going to ask you a question about advice that you would give to young coaches. But before I ask that question, and I I don't I don't want to I want to give a disclaimer here because I don't want to pretend that that Joey Hart doesn't care what anybody thinks because, you know, I, I talk to you on the phone, you and I text message back and forth, and and I know that you know making sure that your, your promotion of, of Linton uh, basketball is of utmost importance. But I think one of the things that you do a great job of is you do what's best for your players and, and for your program. And if people have an issue with that, then so be it. You know, you, you make sure that you take care of your kids and your program. Outside of that, what advice would you give to young coaches that are, that are assistants that want to be head coaches or guys that may be young head coaches and you know, they're worried about they're worried about 
you know, what mom and dad thinks or worried about, got worried about the guy down at the coffee shop. What, what advice would you give to those young coaches? Well, you know, and again, I, I'm going to probably show my age here. Uh, I would probably tell them that games are won and teams are built through practice and individual work mm-hmm. and building togetherness and building genuine relationships. Uh, games aren't won on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, games aren't won on social media. You know, for high school kids, and it can be for young coaches too, or even old coaches. You know, social media can can re- really hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you're not if you're not smart about it, but I mean, it's, uh, again, you definitely want to promote the program and things like that. But I think getting with kids, working with them, showing them you care, building genuine relationships. Uh, you do that, and good things are going to happen for you. You're going to get to be a part of a good team. Um, you know, kids, kids, kids know whether you care or not. Absolutely. Well, but, you know, I think, go ahead. Yeah, well, one of the things I was going to say is, you know, the next question th- that I was going to ask you is, you know, so coach, that, that kind of leads me into the next thing that I, I was going to ask you is about, you know, building those relationships and, and a guy that I think about, um, th- that's a, a basketball nut is David Burkett. And, and David is like you, you know, he, he runs his own business, um, coaches basketball. And there'll, there'll be people that'll say, well, you know, what's David doing here? You know, uh, what's, what's he do this, this way for in the summertime. But his guys would run through a wall for him. And, and the, the same way there with the kids at Linton, um, you know, those kids would run through a wall for, for Joey Hart, and it goes back to what you were saying with building those relationships with those kids in the gym and the weight room, and, and I think that's so important for young coaches to understand that. And I loved your point about social media, about how important that is, um, you know, for uh, young coaches to understand that, yes, you have to promote your program, but you got to be careful with, with some of that stuff that, that you put out there. Now, I mentioned David at South Knox. And I know when I was in high school, you know, we at Bloomfield, we had the big, long streak against Linton. Of course, the guys I played with, we didn't care about that streak. We just we wanted to beat everybody we played. They didn't care if it was Linton, Shackamack, Eastern Greek. We wanted to beat everybody. But at that time in high school, I don't know that I would say that Bloomfield had a rival with Linton. Like, who do you consider to be, like, your big rival there at Linton? Is it – South Knox because of the sectional is it is it Bloomfield is it, you know who would you say Linton's big rival is? Uh, we, you know, um, it's probably you know locally obviously it's in the conference. Uh, you know, it's probably Bloomfield, but mm-hmm. you know they're not in our sectional. Yeah, so you say the same thing about North Davies. I mean, mm-hmm. I think part of it is you know. The kids know each other. The, those rivalries are intense, but they're also kind of friendly rivalries. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we've had great games at South Knox. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've had, you know, two really good coaches there uh, back-to-back, and, you know, Mark Rohr and David. So, you know, those games are fun. They're competitive. You know when you go in, it's going to be a war. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we've had some, you know, really wild, you know, historical games. So, so the, you know, uh, I would, I don't know if South Knox would call us a, a rival or measuring stick for each other. I, I don't know how you view it, but, you know, obviously we're fighting for the same piece of pie. Yep. So, you know, and, you know. And, and going to that, that's one of the things that I dislike the most about class basketball is like a lot of those traditional rivalries you've lost. Like, can you imagine over the last 10 to 15 years with the teams that you've had at Linton and when Bloomfield's been really good, if you guys were in the same sectional there at Switch City and, and you were right. playing, playing in the conference and now Bloomfield, I know they were in the Green County and now they're out. Um, but just what that would be at Switch City. And I know South Knox, Linton is, is great. That's a great matchup. But, like, when I think traditional Indiana high school basketball, I think Linton and Bloomfield at Switch City. I don't think Linton, South Knox, playing at Eastern Green or North Knox. That's that's just me. But, right. um, so, Coach, we're, we're running short on time, and, and I've got a couple questions that I want to ask you. I would be completely remiss if I didn't give you a chance to talk a little bit about your wife, about your family, um, here before we finish up with the speed round. Yeah, uh, now, Brooks has been also busy here lately. Uh, we've done a home renovation. He obviously spearheaded that. Those are real uh, easy to, to live through, aren't they? Yeah, and I, I don't know anything about any of that stuff, and nor do I care. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. And you, you've been around me long enough to know I'm not real good at faking it when I'm <laughs> So, uh, he, he's, you know, it's been about a 10-month-long dominant performance that she's finishing up and uh she's still gonna make sure that i get out for my walk today yeah uh, i'm battling mild obesity but uh <laughs> you know she she's she's been awesome she uh you know again four kids playing tennis football volleyball basketball baseball uh track you know <laughs> uh it's never boring it's a lot of fun and you know i you know i never Never, never imagined that when her and I came here, uh, we'd be able to do what we've done. But it, it's it's been an absolute blast, and, and I'm I'm sure glad that she pushed me into this position. Yep. Well, I know uh, you don't do anything in this business without a supportive wife, and I know your wife is definitely right behind you, and, and that's incredibly important. Well, you brought up that Bloomfield Linton game. It was I think in year two. Uh, we got we went over to Bloomfield. We got into nothing, and uh, we you know we found a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory uh-huh. at Bloomfield. And, you know, obviously, like yourself, Brooks, the Bloomfield grad, and she was not pleased. So that's probably as mad as I've ever seen. Her. <laughs> I walked in. I walked in the kitchen, and she she says, "I want you. I want to know what you're going to do about this." <laughs> and and you know, when Brooke gets excited, she starts talking with her hands. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, the hand, the hand, the hands were going full force, and the finger was pointing, and I just turned around, and walked out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you mentioned your wife. We'll come back later. <laughs> yeah, I'll just come back to this later. Yeah, you mentioned your wife being from Bloomfield, being the head coach here at Bar Eve, and my wife being from Lagodi, and my brother in law is a JV coach over there. You you run into a lot of that stuff, like you said, there with your family there with the Linton Bloomfield rivalry. But well, coach, we're going to close out here. We've got a a, a one minute speed round here. And I'm just going to ask you to just shoot off the hip here and answer these questions. So, 
Um, Joey Hart, does he prefer to scout in person or on film? Film. Film. So now when you do go scout live and you go to the concession stand, what is your go-to at the concession stand? Uh, I'm off the soda right now because I, I have a caffeine addiction. So uh, it'd be popcorn and tea or water. But man, I really like Diet Coke. I really like so, Diet Coke. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Joey Hart's getting ready to play the Bloomfield Cardinals on Friday night. What are you wearing? Shirt and tie? You wearing a polo? You wearing a quarter zip? What's your go-to? Uh, you know, unfortunately for my wife, we made the run in thirteen with. I wore a shirt and tie and i had my pullover over the top of it uh-huh and and we upset sullivan or not upset sullivan but we beat sullivan in the sectional final and then went on a run mm-hmm. I, I guess they were favored on harold's life business picking game whatever yeah uh but anyway we went on that run to state finals and it's been pretty much pullover with certain tie underneath it ever since and it's a really really bad look but i mean <laughs> You know, but, you, you've seen me. I don't know if it's going to make a big difference. But it's it's your go-to. <laughs> All right, yeah. so you're taking Brooke out for dinner. What restaurant are you taking her to up there in the area? Uh, it's up, it's a, uh, up to her, we're going to Sushi Umi in Terre Haute. Okay, okay. Um, your favorite college coach and why? Current or past? Um, any. It can be, okay. be today, it can well, be past. Yeah, uh, Man, that's a tough one. There are a lot of good ones. Uh, you know, bias Russ Bergman, my college coach, because he believed in me and he he was an absolute basketball junkie. He'd pick me up at two in the morning, take me to eat breakfast and talk, talk to. Uh, <laughs> but no, um, you know, I like obviously a lot of Coach K's younger stuff as he was building his program, and mm-hmm. you know, he's obviously into the relationships and you know, and building those with players. Uh, but today, I mean, these coaches are like CEOs. It's hard to even say. Yeah, absolutely. Most important skill in the game of basketball, if you if somebody out there is listening, they've got a son that's five, six years old, and they're going to emphasize one skill. What do you think is the most important skill in basketball? Shooting. Yeah, they'll put it in the basket. Absolutely. Uh, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, Last question. I'm going to yep. put you on the spot here. How long are you going to do this? Uh, surely not more than seven years. Okay. Uh, Toby and Jack are sixth graders. But you know what? I don't know. I mean, I, I've always coached. I mean, I feel like I've been trying to coach since I was about five or six years old. Yeah. Wearing Duranimals for the Green County Invitational. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, I. At this, at this point, it's one year at a time. <laughs> no, no, uh, I, I know that, yeah. And I, I think I, – I, Go ahead. Well, I, I just think, um, you know, it's one of those things where you think, well, I'm going to do this for another five years or I'm going to do this for another ten. Uh, I'm going to do this until my, my son graduates. But, right. it, it, like you said, it's hard to it's hard to put a timeline on it. And, and Coach Adams at Wrights and I talked this summer, and, and, you know, everybody talks about, well, when's Mike going to get out or – you know, Mike's probably only going to go another couple of years, but like Mike said, he goes, "What am I going to do when I retire?" You know, right? So, why not just right. stay coaching? And now, with like you know, you're working in the business world and and you're coaching. Um, 
you know, and, and you're seeing a lot of guys that retire from teaching, like Gene Miller. And then Gene's still coming in to coach, and Gene tells me that he's having more fun now than he's ever had. So, you know, right. if, if you if you enjoy it, then, you know, I think a guy ought to stay with it. But Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's all about fit. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I could see me coaching 15 more years yeah. if, you know, if it worked out. But you, you just – I guess you never know. I mean, there'll be some things to play out over the next couple of years, Joey, where we'll have some family decisions to make. Oh, yeah. You know, I know – I'm, he really, you know, I know he really likes Coach Dawkins and UCF, and I know he really likes Northwestern. And mm-hmm. Those two schools are pretty far apart. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Coach, I could literally sit here and talk with you for another hour, uh, but we got to cut this short. And um, I appreciate you taking the time to be on here with us. You guys, I think, are going to have a fantastic season this year. I wish you guys the best of luck. Um, and uh, I'll see you down the road. Okay, hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks a lot, Coach. Yeah, okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So that does it for this episode of Checking It from the Cheap Seats. Join us next week as we talk to Coach Jason Delaney, the head coach of the Cathedral Irish. We talk to him about his career in coaching, the college prospects playing for the Irish this year, the aspirations that they have for this season. Join us next week as we talk to Jason Delaney, head coach of the Cathedral Irish.